Hello and welcome to the Irish Arsenal Counter Podcast. It's Monday the 24th of January. I'm your host, Gilesy as always. I'm joined this week by Eamon Donnelly and Eric Shadowins. How are you, lads? Ah, evening, Jonathan. Evening, Eric. I'm looking at the little people on the screen there. <laughs> I don't know why this is gets well, me every week. But <laughs> good to be back. <laughs> He's the high king, and the other fellow's the leader. Uh, uh, good evening, good evening, good evening. Thankfully, this week we're not both emojis, so uh, you can see myself and Eric's face. And uh, I don't know if Eamon's face has gone down. All right, on the see, YouTube pal, channel, you'll be, you be back home soon. I hear. Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> we can share. We can share misery. <laughs> As always. You can catch our show on Spotify and SoundCloud, but uh, thanks to Martin Stumville of um, Dublin Arsenal Supporters Club. Uh, he has us on the Dublin Arsenal Supporters Club uh, YouTube channel, uh, so you can catch us our, our podcast there from last week and this week's up there um, in, in the next uh, day or so. So uh, if you can leave any comments, uh, good or bad, um, well, you, you, know, you can dislike about the show. Um, it'd be much appreciated. Um and I hope you enjoyed the show over the next half hour or so. Um, on this week's show, we'll be uh, preview reviewing sorry, our latest fixtures um, in the league. The nil all draw yesterday against Burnley, and the disappointing two nil uh, second leg home defeat by Liverpool in the Carabao Cup uh, semi final uh, towards the gone. Um, we'll also be talking about our long watch uh, feature as well, and. Um, all things Arsenal, of course, at the end of the show as well. So I uh, hope you enjoy the show over the next half hour. Uh, so you begin with yesterday's nil-all draw against Borley. Um, uh, I predicted that uh, this would have been a comfortable victory, <laughs> like Eric and uh, Eamon said last week. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen that way. Uh, we had 20 attempts on goal yesterday. Um, and... I suppose he just couldn't hit the net. That was really, you know, that in a nutshell. Um, I thought uh, Nick Pope done really well for Burnley yesterday. Um, he, he got to some amazing shots, you know, that you think there was destined for the goal, but somehow he got to them. Um, a very rugged uh, Burnley team. They, they came to defend and they done it very well. Um, I just didn't find we had the killer pass to just to get the breakthrough. Um, I think I think we deserved the victory yesterday, but it just didn't happen for us. Um, of course, we got beaten one 0 last December against Burnley, so that's um, four points they've taken off as a home and no goals conceded as well. So it's it's just really disappointing. We should be beating teams like Burnley really at this stage of the season, but um, I just. <laughs> After Thursday's defeat against Liverpool, it just wrapped up a perfect week for us. Um, just really disappointing yesterday, you know. Um, so I don't want to go to Eric this this time. Um, what did you make of the match yesterday, Eric? Yeah, I, honestly. So last week I I said on the podcast I said I expected us to dominate the ball and <laughs> and attack and and I thought we were going to score goals. Uh, and we sort of did all of that except the score goal part. Uh, and, and you know, honestly, I think that that as I as I look back at that game a little bit, you know, it, it does uh, go to show one we we were a bit short on personnel. So 
that made a big difference. We did, we didn't have a ton to to change the game at, uh, late on. Um, you know the the fact that we keep bringing on Eddie and Kedia to do that and he keeps doing nothing uh, tells you about all you need to know about about what was on, on the bench there. Um, but real realistically, I, I thought it was a game that, as you say, I thought we should have won. I thought we created the chances to win. Um, you know, Lacazette missed a sitter uh, uh, at a wide open goal. Uh, Pope made some good saves and. Sometimes it just doesn't happen for you. It sort of reminded me of a number of um, uh, matches in Arsene Wenger's later years where, you know, we dominated the ball, we had all the possession, we created all the chances, and then somehow we still didn't score the goal. So, you know, I, I don't really, you know, it's, it's funny. I, lo I look back at the match and I'm really disappointed we didn't win because we needed three points, uh, you know, it really positioned us well in terms of the top four fight. But ultimately, you know, I, as the performance goes, and considering the players we had and, and the players we didn't have, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't too too upset about it. I, I thought I thought we we did what we needed to do outside of scoring the goal. Uh, they didn't really create anything. I, I don't think that they even really were worried about creating anything. They yeah. probably should have had uh, or very easily could have had a red card. Um, and yeah. so, you know, we just we, we didn't get the breaks yesterday. And and sometimes that happens. But, but as far as performances to be upset about, I, I didn't think that was one of them. Um, but you know, I, I, I think, I think overall, if we play matches with that much of the ball and, and we create more open chances like that, we're going to win more games than that. That said, it does highlight, uh, you know, the, the struggles we have at the striker position to score. Um, and you can tell that that was a strategy from Burnley from the get-go. Every time yeah. the ball went forward, they forced it wide and then they had two men out, out wide to, to stop Saka and Martinelli and they, you know. They said, try to get it inside to Lacazette to, to score a goal, and we couldn't do it. Uh, Lacazette missed some chances. He, he got unlucky maybe with one of the chances. Uh, they, they got blocked. But, you know, I, I think that there's, there was a lot to be promising about. I think we really attacked, especially, you know, later in the second half with, with some real energy. But ultimately, I think that, uh, you know, it, it just highlights where this team needs to go to go up a level, and that's, that's a striker that's, that's kicking the ball in the line. Yeah, um, I thought before uh, I go on to Eamon as well, Eric, I thought uh, Saka terrorised Eric Peters all game. But I thought Burnley were, they were so well disciplined at the back, you know, they, they wanted to put a foot in, but they were so clever in the box not to do anything stupid, you know, but how he had any ankles left at the end of that game, Saka, because he but was kicked, I, I, wasn't I do he? think it's important, though, that, like, you know, the way the referee chose to ref that match played to Burnley, right? Peters had yeah. a yellow card. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, he didn't get the card. I'll never know. <laughs> and your man stamping on Martinelli, I think, it was, or it was a tyranny. Uh, I can't, I can't remember. But, yeah. but like, I mean, that was that was as close to a red card as you can get without getting a red card. And then right after it, he he puts his hand into into somebody's face and and still doesn't get a, a second yellow. So, you know, I, I think we were a bit unlucky not to not to play against ten men in that match. That said, I don't know how much a difference it was going to make because, you know, at the end of the day. Hey, there was uh there was a bunker of players sat super deep in Burnley's half and they they had no intent to play and no intent to attack and their whole goal was to get get nil nil uh, and and maybe get lucky on a set piece right like that that was what they were playing for and, yeah. and it ended up working for them. yeah they were very clever from Shanta and the three week rest definitely helped him as well they were fresher as well Eamon what did you uh, make the match history definitely Cam Barlow. <laughs> 
so frustrating, Deirdre. It was. Um, <laughs> I sat on the show last week. Uh, I anticipated problems. Um, two reasons. One, because I thought we might have spilled a lot in the semi-final, and the other because I just thought Burnley kind of know what they're doing against us, um, and it's a classic case of. If everybody listened to me, Jonathan, everything would be okay, right? So, look, uh, it was a hard watch. Um, okay, so let's get the disappointment out of the way first. We didn't play the first half at any real tempo, right? And, you know, you can't be looking to beat a team that is as solid as Burnley in 40, 45 minutes. It's got to be over 90. And I don't think we played at a high enough tempo at the start, okay? Yeah. That, was, that was the disappointing bit. Like Eric, though, I'm not forlorn over it because we did a lot of good things in the second half, a lot of really good stuff. I thought we were all out of shape, really, because we need our middle two. We didn't have a middle two yesterday. So, um, Xhaka and Party were beginning to tick along nicely when we were getting all the goals. Um um, we really they're a big miss you know um, because they're always on the ball and we, and we, we struggle to get on the ball in, 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 in the middle section of the pitch um, that being said uh, I mean if Lacazette scores and he should have um, I think we'll, I think we'll score again you know uh, I think I, th- I think if we broke them down once we, we, we could have yeah. got two or three yeah. and it was a bad miss I mean it was it was put on a plate for him um, and that was the way we didn't do enough of what we did for that move. Um, we got it's one thing getting your wide players on the ball all the time, and as Eric said, you know, they pushed out onto that. What you've got to do is get your inside players out wide and move them around and get in behind them. And we only did that a few times. And when Smith Rowe shot a beautiful throw on a pace, actually, um, to get down there, that was the moment that we should have scored and I like Lacazette, I like his attitude um, but he really, a top striker is going to score that goal, you know and that was, and, and that, was the, that, that to me was the beginning uh, was, the, was the, the winning of the game uh, I think uh, we were too slow to get the ball out to Saka uh, because Peters did well on him for the half but he was absolutely worn out Peters was worn out and I think if we'd have got the ball quicker to Saka as the game wore on, um, I, I think we'd have got more joy. But the last thing, I'm not, not making excuses, because I see some of the stuff, oh, we haven't scored X amount of goals under Arteta and under Emery, we did this and that and the other. We had enough chances to win that game. The only criticism I would have of Arteta yesterday was I think the substitution was poor. I mean, I know Smith Rowe's carrying the knock, but he was our obvious route to go. And we could have got another 20. I mean, given that we're not playing until the 10th of February and we're heading off to Dubai, um, we, we, we could have left Smith Rowe on. I mean, I'd, I'd have had no difficulty with uh, Nketiah coming on for Lacazette. But to come on for Smith Rowe, I thought was the wrong move, right? And the last thing you say is, I'm bleeding sick of her. <laughs> I am sick of it because... I mean, there's four blatant red cards this season. 
Johnny Evans when he was the last man away at Leicester. Um, MacArthur's uh, karate kick, you know. Uh, Tommy Yasu getting stamped on the face by Ben Godfrey. And the decision on Westwood yesterday, right? Oh, when he gave me, he'd he, he, he gotten a yellow, right? He led with his arm into the face with full intent. And you could see the way Gabrielle's head kind of moved back. That it was just it was just a full frontal elbow charge. Yeah, yeah. And how in the name of God, VAR did not say you need to check that one for serious foul play is beyond me. And I'm getting sick of it, to be honest with you. And if you look <clears throat> for all the stick that he gets, and what Granite Zaka got sent off against the same opposition for last year. Oh, but you can't raise your hand in football. Well, you obviously can if you're an Arsenal. You yeah, obviously can. Agree, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you can't raise your hand if you're Granite Zaka. But if you if you're if, if you're some Neolithic tribe coming down and you know um and, and you, you can do all sorts of dark arts and it's all okay. I'm sick of VAR and I'm sick of being on the wrong end of decisions by VAR. Uh, we don't get them. Uh, we haven't had a break from VAR all, all bloody season. Uh, and you know we I think we got we probably got one offside goal. Uh, when we were beating Norwich five one, you know uh, that's about the only thing we've gotten off them, and it, it, it was it was an absolute disgrace, and it would have changed the game. And I'm not looking for guys to be sent off, but if MacArthur gets sent off against Palace, another game that we drew, it would have been in the first half, you know, and we'd have, we we'd have won them though. But that being said, it was one of those frustrating days, um, and it kind of was shaping up that way, and you could feel it, and I thought the crowd yeah. were good. I yeah. thought the crowd responded to the energy in the second half. Um, but look, you get days like that. And Eric is spot on. The amount of times when Wenger had a young team in the 2010-11 era, you know, and you're drawing nil-nil with Blackburn. I've got many of those games, nil-nil at Sunderland, nil-nil with Blackburn. You know, uh, you just get days like that. And I think Wenger, uh, all we said about games like that, um, it's important Um that when, when it's not going to go for you, that you don't lose the game. No? Uh, and at least we didn't lose the game. Uh, I thought Aaron Ramsdale was all over the gaff. Um, he, I don't know what brain he had on yesterday. Mind you, his post-match analysis was very good insofar as he criticised the team for throwing in too many crosses that were meat and drink to Burnley, and I'd agree with him. Uh, he made a great save in the first half because he got himself all out of position. Uh, he just he just had a he had a bad day. Uh, Aaron did, um, although I, I I I I love what he brings to the team. He just had a and I think he just it just was one of those days that it did, it didn't go terribly well for us. But look, it is what it is. We have a break now. We're now in a foot race, and let's hope that we can recharge and let's get the foot race on. Um, because Harry Maudo on his ugly bunch yesterday um, lost at Chelsea. And, uh, you know, um, so we're not letting the gap uh, uh, swing too much. Uh, and we're now on a foot race and let's get it on. So that's pretty much it, uh, folks, you know. Yeah, it's the first time we haven't scored in four consecutive games in all competitions since December 2005. The last goal was on New Year's Day, uh, Bukaya Sack against Man City. So that shows... <clears throat> where our problem lies, and as Eric said, bringing on Eddie and Ketty to try and score a goal. <laughs> They're really clutching us straws yesterday. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not 
problem on Eddie and Ketia. I have a problem that he replaced Mitt Rowe more so. I mean, I think I think Lacazette was kind of spent, you know. Um, I've no I've no problem bringing on Enketia for Lacazette. I have a problem bringing on Enketia for your most creative force on the day. So, no? yeah. so maybe maybe if I, if I can just clarify there, I, I want to be clear. Like I agree with you on the Smith Rowe thing. I I thought it was weird that Enketia ended up on the wing. And and that didn't make a ton of sense. He 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 was on the outside. Like Enkedia needs to be in the box. That's the only way yeah. place he's dangerous. Yeah. Um, that said, I, I I'm kind of you know at this point would 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 have preferred you know something more on the wing and move Martinelli inside, um, or or, or something different. Because look, yeah. I I've seen Enkedia play enough times where when he comes on, do I think he's going to score? No, unless we're playing like Sunderland. Right, or, 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 or as you say, Eric, unless he's in the bloody box, because he's, he's sure, useful around sure. the box. Yeah, but I have uh, to yeah, say, the, one, one thing I missed. One thing I missed was the save that Nick Pope pulled off from the beautifully walled corner routine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. was absolutely incredible. It yeah. was as good as Ramsdale yeah, yeah. Manchester because if you look at it from the from from, um, from uh, looking looking towards the goal on a frontal view, he sees none of that. Nothing, he, yeah. That's right, yeah. He absolutely says none of it. It was an yeah. incredible save, you know. I tell you, if I was going for a goalkeeper and if Ramsdale wasn't doing so well, I'd probably go for Nick Pope. He, he, he's a very um, underrated keeper, you know. He's definitely going to be an England number one. So he's really, he's got it all, you know. It's just injuries is probably his only thing over the last couple of seasons. But he's definitely the difference of Burnley going down over the last few seasons, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the annoying thing was, but now winning yesterday, it would have pushed us back into the top four. Um, as it stands, we lie in sixth place uh, with 36 points. We're just two off. Uh, Man United, who will hold uh, fourth with 38 points. They're scraping, somehow scraping wins from nowhere, you know. Games they don't deserve to get anything from. You know, they're getting these one nils and all. So, um, yeah. go ahead, Eric. But I think that's an important point, right? Is they're playing mock football. <laughs> but the difference is, is they they have a couple lads on the pitch that are good to score a goal on their own. They can change a game. Makes, exactly, and yeah. and it makes yeah. a difference if you if you have somebody that just has one individual moment of brilliance yeah. and kicks the ball in the goal. The, that's how that's how you end up uh, up the league, and that that's what separates the the teams in the top four and, and those that are. So you know, I think as we're looking at where we can add quality, uh, I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. And I think, I don't know what lads you saw it on Facebook yesterday, but I think Dusan Vlahovic wants to stay the rest of the season now at Florentino, so that quashed Forget anyone. about him. <laughs> so, <laughs> I told you last week, I told you the so week before. It was the person that said he was coming in the January transfer window. I'm sick of listening to him. <laughs> I'm, sick of, I'm sick of listening about Vlahovic. He's going to be like Karim Benzema. He'll never come to the Arsenal. You know, Mr. Optimistic game and again after such a good run. <laughs> I, I heard, I mean, look, the, the rumors are all over the shop. The last, the last I heard is we're going to go in for Renato Sanchez, and oh, by the way, we're going to drop 90 million euro to, to buy Isaac uh, out of Spain. I'm like, <laughs> do, you, do you really think either of these is going to happen? Like, no. I mean, fingers crossed, but come on, yeah. <laughs> it was this, I think, lads, as well, you know. To have 20 attempts against Bournemouth, you'd assume that we'd get one or two. I think that's the most disappointing about yesterday, to have controlled the majority of the game and just to come out with 
a draw, you know, it's just, and the chance, you know, they're the types of games that you need to be winning to get into the Champions League spots. Um, who stood you do, out? Jonathan, you do, but you see, I always say that, like, you're going you're gonna to get outcomes like that. What you have to do when you drop points like that is you've got to go and take one against the head. So yeah. where you'd probably, you'd probably think a point that was would be a good result ordinarily, you've got to go and take one against the head and win there now. That's what you have to do, you know? And that's as well, with Wolves coming up, lads, as well, uh, February 10th, I think it is, it's a Taurus night. Um, Wolves are coming into a bit of form as well. They're, they're, they could be contenders as well if they keep it going as well, you know? He's done they, a good job there. He's, he's he has done, done, he's actually done a surprisingly yeah, good yeah. job, hasn't he? They're very yeah. tight at the back and they're scoring goals, you know, you know, they're adding more goals than what they were. Um, mm. They've been a dark horse now, and they're they're going about their business quite, quite quietly, you know. So I think Wolves are one to watch for Europe as well, you know. Mm. Um, uh, Ernie, who stood out for you yesterday as your man of the match? Uh, uh, who, what player stood out for you in the Arsenal? Right, it's tough to say. I, I, I think um, I I think Emo hit, hit the nail on that earlier when when he talked about the need to get the ball to to Saka more. Because every time he got the ball, he was he was just so dangerous. Yeah. And and you know, so I, to me, if you're going to pick one, I, I think I think it's him. Like Smithrow had a great um, created the best chance of the match, but you know, I, I think he he's clearly still struggling for fitness and form, and and that was maybe one of his only main moments in the match. But but Saka just throughout every time he got the ball, he looked dangerous. It looked like he could make something happen, and and I'd say you know. It's too bad because at the end of the first half he had a he had a really good chance, like yeah. a really good chance. Yeah, and he just put it wide, and and you know you can see you can see where his game needs to go to really really turn the screw because once he starts putting those away, like there's no stopping him. He, yeah. I mean he he is a phenomenal phenomenal talent, and so to me he just stood out as the best player on the pitch. Yeah, he was. He was, but yeah, hands down, he'd be mine as well. Early game, he was superb. Uh, Eamon, who stuck out for you? I, 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 I agree with that, but I'm gonna go for something a bit different. Uh, Benji for me. Um, I'm, I, I'm becoming a big fan of this guy, Ben White. Um, ah, he has a bit of the devil in him. Ah, I'll tell you what, now he doesn't. No such thing as him getting intimidated. In any way, shape, or form, and mm. um, I thought, I thought he looked, he looked to switch the play quickly as much as possible off either foot. He like what he was trying to do was um, knowing that if you, if, if, you, if you're going to try and push the ball wide against a team that sits low, you have to do it quickly. It can't take forever, and he 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 was constantly trying to do that. Uh, he was also. Um, Jesus, he was also filling in for Rob Holding uh, for the first 20 minutes because Holding was all over the gaff. Holding yeah, and Ramsdale yeah. were all over the gaff for the first yeah, 20 minutes. Were, yeah. and ben White stepped in from right fullback and helped out a number of times. So, And I like his attitude. There's um, there's a spite in him. He looks as if butter wouldn't melt in his mouth, but there's a spite in him, you know? There is. Yeah. And uh, I like it. I, I like what I'm seeing from him. So for, for that and the kind of game it was, uh, I've got to say Ben White. Yeah, he stood out for me as well, Eamon. Um, and probably a few as well, Eric, if you've seen him for the time he was on loan at Leeds United and for Brighton over the 
I think it was it was it a season or two he was there. He really he yeah. really stood out there and they wanted to keep him Leeds and Brighton, so it shows you know how highly they think of him, yeah. So I think oh, fifteen million is a snip. Forty eight million well spent, Jonathan. I know? think so. And thirty million he, he had some phenomenal switch passes, like just yeah. some phenomenal switches. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he can switch the ball for a defender, he can come out and play with it, can't he? I can play. It's yeah. the pace it's yeah. the pace he hits the ball at up front too. It's not yeah. uploaded up there. I mean yeah. he's he's firing <laughs> it in there and and like you know, he had a couple to Martinelli that were that were serious stuff. So, uh, I I mean, I de- I definitely think he stood out. I I you know, I probably picked the obvious one, but uh, yeah, I had to make sure I gave soccer credit anyway. <laughs> yeah, Ben Wise. Yeah, Eamon's mentioned him on the last few shows already. Yeah, he's becoming a fan's favorite, isn't he? Yeah, and and I think all the signings being on his lads since. The summer they've all become fans' favourites so quickly. Tommy Asu as well, you know, he's gone under the radar, but I think he's been super. Uh, yeah. And the other thing, Jonathan, is that um, Lakonga they didn't intend to play him as much, mm. you know, and yeah, he he had to operate as a one yesterday. Yeah, he was in the middle, like he, he was the middle one, and it yeah. was a good job for him. And I thought I thought he was game, and he tried. You know, but we missed yeah. the middle two, baby. You know, a lot. You Big know? time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there was nothing. I, I, I would say one thing. One thing that stood out to me about the Congress game yesterday is he struggled when he had to work off the ball and yeah. when he had to create angles to to receive a pass. But yeah. once once he got the ball, he played some really killer passes. Oh yeah, um, no, I like I him. Just, I just thought I just thought that you know where where you'll see him really improve over time is is getting better spots to receive the ball in turn. Uh, but but also just just kind of his defensive positioning. I thought I thought a couple of times he he ended up out, out of place, which didn't necessarily cost us because we were playing Burnley. But you know maybe maybe cost us possession a couple of times. Yeah, and as uh, from some some of the newspaper headlines <laughs> I was looking at last night, it's been a dry January in, in every sense, <laughs> particularly <laughs> goals, <laughs> one goal in four games. But look. You have to take that. Yeah, down. well, I, I don't, I don't read too much into that stuff. You know, um, we should have got <laughs> yesterday. We yeah, didn't. We should have. On another we day, we should have. And as I said, um, you know, I, I firmly believe that if the Lacazette chance goes in or the Saka one before half time, we go and get two or three. You yeah. know, the floodgates open. Yeah, because Bournemouth's heads go down when they concede one or two. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think the, the three week break did do them a lot. You know, they did look fairly fresh, but um. Look, nil nil. I take a point and a clean sheet as well, and we move on. Um, and of course, the next game is February the tenth, so we've built it roughly a two week break there. Um, it's on Thursday, uh, February tenth. Uh, it's Wolves away, and we've got a game in hand over Wolves as well that should have been played at the end of December. So, uh, big games coming up, and um, with being out of the cups as well, we can concentrate on the league now. You know, it's full steam ahead now for the last part of the season so um, something to look forward to hopefully uh, well, that, so I like the idea that the team has gone away on a training camp yeah uh, I just think it's it's time to reset now after the kind of January we've had yeah. uh, and I, I like that idea you know a bit of bonding yeah, as well yeah yeah yeah, I think it's badly needed. I think it's a good idea as well, you know. It recharges the batteries and it earns out any issues that's been going on, you know, in the camp as well. So, you I, know. I, I presume there'll be a mad variant of uh, COVID over in Dubai. <laughs> the nitro nuclear cron of whatever it is, you know. And the, and the lads will come back with three years and one eye or something like that, you know. And, yeah. and like I said, gets 20 goals. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, yeah, we'll preview that game, uh, Wolves game, 
in the next uh, week or two. Yeah, so just still plenty to look forward to in the league, lads. We're still in it. That's the main thing. We're still in it to to get forward. Um, so we go on to uh the review of um Thursday's uh, Carabao Cup second leg defeat to Liverpool. Uh, Diogo Jota scored twice in the first and second half. Um, Lacazette um, had a free kick that was touched onto the crossbar. It was a super save from Cuevin Keller. He's really done well now, being Irish now and all, you know. Uh, I, I can see a big future for this lad. But um, if that goal had gone in, in my opinion, I think we would have probably gone on to maybe win the game. You know, I think the first goal was crucial. And, you know, sadly... Liverpool got the force and I think our heads went down a bit. I think, in my opinion, over the two legs, did we deserve to go through? Probably not, you know. Um, I don't think we've done enough to get through, you know. Um, Liverpool controlled the game pretty well, you know. They can control games and get goals when they need to. Um, Party got sent off, of course. I, I just don't think he was... It was just two silly tackles he didn't have to make. His head was gone. He had a disappointing <laughs> African Nations Cup. Uh, Ghana got knocked out. Uh, the week before, I think a few days before that, so he was only he'd only landed a few hours, and um, <laughs> he went he went out and he just sadly got two mistimed tackles. Really, wasn't it? And look, the game was gone at that stage, anyway, when he'd got him. But um, it was just disappointing to be honest. We just didn't turn up. I don't think in that second leg at all. You know, it's just a flat performance and. For a chance to get to Wembley and to win the League Cup since nineteen ninety three, just just really. Disheartened, really, you know, in my opinion. So, um, as I said, I don't think we've done enough over the two legs. I'll go to Amy. What did you make of the performance on Thursday? Well, I, I, I have to um, apologise in advance to all the listeners. Um, I had a, a visitor over from Wolverhampton, of all places. Um, uh, <laughs> and when you have a visitor over, you have to kind of go. I spent the afternoon in the pub. So, and with the eight o'clock, so I watched it at home. Um, but, I, but I, I didn't have my usual concentration levels much hard as I tried. I was more like a screaming fan than, <laughs> uh, than some kind of a senior analyst. <laughs> uh, no, but I was, um, I have to say, uh, I was heartened by, I, I think what happened actually was they burst their balloon. We were doing okay. We turned up with energy. We were, it, it was cagey, you know, but we, we, I think we, we had the advantage energy-wise in the first 20 minutes, and the goal burst their balloon. Yeah. And I think the belief cursed out of the team. Um, and really, you knew kind of, at 1-0, you know, that was probably it, you know. Um, again, you know, they're a few years ahead of us in, in their development. Um, but I just think that, that, that John has got... And he, He's, he's another one of these. Is it only with the Arsenal where you get guys that are serial scorers against the Arsenal? Robbie Fowler used to do it the whole time. Um, even that gobshite, Ian Armandroid, you know, like fellas <laughs> like that. They just, Harry Kane, you know, like Neil yeah. Jota is on, the, is on the map. He's always yeah. really well scoring against us, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, look, it was disappointing. Uh, as you say, it was a chance to get into a final, uh, but they were really, uh, they were really, really up for it. Um, he wants to win a bit of silverware. They're a bit better than us, but like you say, Jonathan, 
I think if we'd have scored first, it would have been a different game altogether. I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think if Lacazette scored that free kick, I think the crowd would have been behind us. And it's really hard to play the Emirates when the crowd is on your on your back, yeah. Um, as, regards, Tom, as regards Thomas Party, um, <clears throat> the first thing I'll say is for a guy who admittedly hasn't been at his best by his own admission with us and was starting to play, was, was coming into lovely form just before the AFCON. Um, I have to say I admire his honesty um, and the fact that he wanted to get out there and play, I think, uh, is commendable. You know, it couldn't have been easy, but um, maybe his head wasn't right, maybe it wasn't the right thing. Um, but hopefully he can reset uh, in, in the break that we have and really come back stronger. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too, you know, I wouldn't be as much doom and gloom now in, in, in my head about where we are than, you know, as some of the people, but uh, disappointed. Semi-final, you want to go to the final, you know? Yeah. It was uh, as well as that. It was uh, for the semi-final over two legs. It was probably the toughest opposition you could ask for. You know, with Liverpool. You know, um, Ernie, what did you make it the second leg? Yeah, uh, look, uh, it's it's definitely disappointing to to not make the final. I mean, I, I I think that that's that goes without saying. But but I I do think that like there are there are mitigating circumstances here. You know, like the, look at Jota's first goal. Tommy has to who hasn't trained carrying a knock, couldn't even play the next game. Like, you know, he slips, in goes Jota, he mishits the ball, then <laughs> the scored pass. Like, it's, it's, it's a bit unlucky, but, it, but also, like, it goes to show why the match before it was cancelled, right? Like, we had a, yeah. a lot of lads out there that hadn't trained. Smith Rowe looked far from his best and far from fit. Like, in, in a lot of ways, you know, it, it, it was sort of one of those matches where, yeah, I think as long as it was nil-nil, or if we had gotten the first goal, we, we, we could have stuck stuck to it. But I also just think it, it was very clear that we had a number of uh, people, including Saka, who just didn't look quite on it on the day. Um, you know, that they, they were a bit jaded, maybe carrying a knock, something, uh, to, to where, you know, I, I think it made a big difference in, in terms of our ability to, to sustain the pressure that we started with in the first 20 minutes. Um, the other thing I'd note is, I, to me, the difference in the game and the reason Liverpool were able to control the match is that our midfield was Lakonga and Odegaard, and theirs was Fabinho and Henderson, right? Like, mm. it made a big difference. And, and like, Odegaard, I thought, played well, and, and, and you know, credit to him. Uh, he moved the ball quickly. He, he, he was one of the few guys actually giving us some real possession. But... I, th- I think that Fabinho and Henderson were able to get on the ball, were able to dominate, were able to, uh, you know, really stop anything that coming through the middle. And, and we didn't really have an answer to that. And, and so they were able to possess the ball. They were able to create those, those uh, chances. And, and look like the, the second judge goal was essentially, a, you know, a mirrored version of the red card the Chaka got, right? They, <laughs> they broke the press. They hit a long ball over top. And then goes out there and he kicks the ball in the goal. So, yeah, you know, it is very I think, similar. I think, yeah. to, I think to Amos' point, you know, right now they're ahead of us. I think they also ha- happen to have a, a couple of players on the pitch that that were difference makers uh, in terms of what they were able to do. And you know, we we just looked a bit jaded overall. Martinelli, I thought, deserves mention though. I, I thought he was 
really on it. Like he he created absolute havoc for Liverpool, and Liverpool at some points had two, three defenders on him, and they and they still couldn't get the ball off him. So you know, I I think it was it was one of those matches where if we were going to get something, it was going to be an individual moment, like the Lacazette free kick, Martinelli breaking breaking through, uh, you know, two or three defenders. But ultimately, like they just had a, a much stronger team on the pitch, I think, from uh, through the spine of the team with Van Dijk and Fabinho and Henderson. Uh, it's where they re- they really were able to to keep everything on the outside, uh, and, and it just made a big difference in terms of our ability to really threat. Yeah, it was. It's it. Well, yeah, I do agree with you, Eric. Um, it would have taken a moment of individual brains to get something against Liverpool, yeah, because they're just so hard as a unit to break down, aren't they? They just have such quality. With Mane and Salah gone, they can still manage to, <laughs> to beat teams 2-3-0 and still put in a performance even if they were there, you know, it's just amazing, yeah. Absolutely, but then, you have to be realistic. Where were they were five years ago, six years ago? You know? Uh, I, I can remember them getting stuffed three 0 at Watford, and you know, yeah, I remember, Klopp yeah. was already under pressure a few months in the job, you know. Yeah, um, you know, but their team is getting older. Yeah, you look at the team; it's getting older. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not so sure. Of course, I might sound like an absolute gobshite sound this saying this, but <laughs> I'm not so sure that he can go to the well again. And build all that up from the start again. Yeah. Because he's more or less kept that team together for four, five, six years. And he's a very energy sapping uh Jesus, he saps my bleeding energy anyway. He's very he's a very energy demanding coach. It's he is, all yeah. high, as he calls it, heavy metal football and all that. I, I, you know, if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be I'd have a little little alarm bells in my head, you know. Yeah, they're getting. There's, uh, some of the players say they're getting tired as well. No uh, uh, more noticeable last season than the season. They, they, they took a lot of energy the season they won the league, and a lot of players came out and said last season that they were tired. You know, they just couldn't keep that intensity up that he demands game in game out. Uh, very similar to Leeds United, you know, um, a small squad. Put constant demands on players, you know, it's bound to get injuries and all, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they seem to recover quite quickly, you know. And, um, they obviously seem to recover against us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was really, I was, I, they were false positives, false positives. Yeah, I was really, yeah. I was, I, I was really convinced last time we were going to beat them at Tours, you know. Um, I predicted we'd beat them 2 <laughs> 0 and Burnley 2 0. <laughs> look, look what happens. Yeah. When you've got optimism that high, <laughs> it's just a blazer balloon. But but I think I think that's important though in in terms of especially the Burnley game, right? Like we could easily have won that match two 0 three 0 Yeah, right. Like it, it was right there to be had. Like, Taken, yeah. Variance happens over the course of the season. That's why you have to take more shots. You have yeah. to create lots of chances because over the season you're going to have some bad results. But but ultimately, like if you're creating chances consistently, you get the goals. And the, and the difference. And the main difference between those two matches, right, is we created chances to win the match against Burnley. We we didn't create too much against Liverpool, right? Liverpool was able to keep this mostly at our leg. Yeah. And and I think that um, that's the difference between those types of teams as well. Yeah, we didn't create. Yeah, it's it's definitely 
as Eric said, we're definitely lacking an out now striker now, aren't we? Like, well, Bamiang was doing a couple of seasons ago, banging in 20 oh, goals. I don't him again, I'm sick of him. <laughs> we need, we need, <laughs> we need someone, we need to, we do need someone. I, I don't know, like, even Arteta said in an interview after the match yesterday, I don't think he's too optimistic about bringing any players in. I don't think in this window, you know, I think, don't it's think a, we're going to get it. It's, it's a hard window, you know. Very tough, isn't it? Especially mm. in mid-season, no clubs want to sell, you know, depending, obviously, where they are sitting in the table and pushing for Europe, etc. Yeah. Um, the, only, the only team selling anybody is Barcelona because they're broke. You know, <laughs> nobody else is selling anybody. <laughs> but, like, you know, Villa got Coutinho because Barca was desperate to get rid of yeah. You know, but, but otherwise, yeah. like they're, they're the only ones doing any transfer business. Yeah, they want to get them off their wage bill. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they somehow afforded to get Ferran Torres of Man City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing what they can do when they want. Um, yeah, so look, uh, sadly, we're out of the League Cup. Um, a missed opportunity for Silverware, but if, I suppose at this stage, I'd take four plays, lads, would you, over any cup to get, just get back into the Champions League? Would you just take that now, yeah? Oh, absolutely, was it sure? Would I take it? I <laughs> uh, take your arm off for it, like you know. But, <laughs> but at least, at least we're in that conversation. Yeah, which a couple of seasons ago you wouldn't have said that. Yeah, we're in yeah. that conversation last season. To, to to my mind, I I think actually it's it's the number one most important thing we could have done at the start of this season, right? Because being in the Champions League for us, especially if we're saying. We need to sign, you know, one of the best strikers in the world to, to take us to the next level or what, whatever it is. You have to be in the Champions League to sell it to. That, that's how you sell the project. You, you be in the Champions League, you show where you're going, yeah. and, and, and then you can spend the money. But, you know, I, I think we're, we're just going to continue to say, yes, we're going to get the, the best young strikers or, or whatever it is if we can't sell them Champions League football. So I, I think it also shows if we can get somebody – to, to move the needle there, it, it, this is this is the time to do it because we, we are in with the shout. We have a legit chance, and the, but the only way we're going to do there is by scoring more goals, and and that you know like we're we're we've been pretty solid, actually you know over the over the last month for as much as we haven't scored, but you know the the big difference is we we just need to start sticking the ball in the net. Yeah, but you see, the, the the thing about that is, though, or something we're chatting about transfer business now, but, you know, it's all very well if it was FIFA manager. I'll go out and get this body, that body, and the other body. And it's it's way more complicated. In fairness, the owners get a lot of stick, and rightly so, at some levels. But they weren't shy about investing in the squad in the summer. And by all accounts, are not actually shy in trying to get who they need to get. But sometimes you just can't do that. You know? The player has to want to come. So, I, yeah, absolutely. My, my point is, one of the ways you convince the player to come is you tell them you're going to get Champions League football. Oh, 100%. That, that's, that's oh, 100%. Like, that, yeah. That's where it's, it's super important for us to go to the next level. We have to do it to get the recruitment bit right. Because, because you know, if you want to go and and say, yes, we're going to offer all this money. That's great. But if the player's going to want to come, he's going to want to play Champions League football because that's where the best players want to play. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, yeah, I suppose since we're on <laughs> transfer talk, you might as well talk about it. <laughs> say, <laughs> say, Kalasnitz left last week. Uh, he went to Marseille, of course. Um, 
and that's ended up being a free transfer, so he's gone off the books. And um, well, he's not gone off the books until um, until the summer. I see. You still with us? Is he? Well, no, he's not still with us. But we're still paying his bloody wages <laughs> on the summer. Well, at least uh, that's the deal. The deal. We're paying think, his wages on the summer. We, I think. I think we terminated his contract. I think. Yeah. We, I think we paid him off like Ozil. Yeah, but we paid we paid we paid him the same amount as he'd earned up to the summer. You know. Mm. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, just been a few um, outgoings, uh, but mostly just loanies, um, loans. Um, and as we said there earlier on, uh, incomings don't look likely at all, do they? Um, I was hoping on Vlahovic, but he put a dent in that this weekend saying he doesn't want to come. So probably, hopefully the summertime, we can put in a, a better bid. But that, that, that might depend, as Eric said, if he finished forward come the end of the season. That might, it's his mindset might be, I want, like I'm sure at his age, and Florentine are doing quite well as well. He might even want to stay another year if they get Champions League football Jonathan, themselves, you know? Jonathan, Jonathan, we are not getting <laughs> that guy. We won't be getting that guy. He, uh, he's, uh, he doesn't want to play. I, I, I do. He's not I coming. He's not, he's not, forget I, about him. He will, he will. Forget about him. He's not coming. He's going to Juventus. <laughs> we have a better chance of getting somebody like Jonathan David from... Uh, from, from you know, we have a better chance of getting something like that. I'm, 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 not, saying, I'm not saying that's what you want to hear. But I'm just saying the two links that, that to me seem to have legs from, from all the different rumors that are out there are Isaac and, uh, and Calvert-Lewin. But neither of those has happened before the summer. What was that, Eric Isaac is what? Sorry. I was saying that Isaac and Calvert-Lewin are the only two rumours that seem to have any legs. And yeah. neither of those seems to be happening any time before the summer. So I, I just don't, I don't see where we're actually going to go and, and bring in a striker to really score goals uh, uh, until the summer. So we need to Absolutely. figure out a way to, to do it with what we have. Um, you know, as, as, as sad as that is, and I think, I think that that could very well cost us up four. Um, but but I just don't I don't see us convincing uh, a number of those guys to to come over before before uh, the end of the season. I 100% agree with you. Um, I think in the summer you could get Calvert Lewin. You know, um, and he's a good player. Uh, I don't think you're going to get Vlahovic because what's going to happen there um, is once it goes to the summer, we're going to be competing with bigger sharks. You know. Um, that's that's the unfortunate way of it. So I think we should forget. I, th I think we should ban his name on this show. Never say <laughs> never, Eamon. Never say never. Um, now la last horsey. We should sign Kareem Benzema. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we might as well go for Gareth Bale as well. Sure, that's all right. <laughs> Um, Pablo Marty <laughs> went on loan to you in Aze last Thursday. Do you see that being the end of the line, lads, for his career at Arsenal? Do you think that being a permanent switch in the summer, Dan? Eamon? Yeah, I think uh, he was he he was a cheap option to get us out of a hole at a time we were struggling, um, and 
it's no big, big, big. We're not taking a big financial hit. Um, we, we've invested heavily in in Ben White. Uh, he prefers holding over Marty. Um, I think Saliba will be back. You know. Um, yeah. I, I think Marty. What Marty's done now, he's done. You know. Do you think Marty's done as well, Ernie? Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I think this is this is Arteta saying, "Go play some football. You're not playing here anymore," and and that's about that. You know, like like in fairness, he, he played the last time he played was when Lukaku was like roasting him. So yeah, know, he, yeah. He, hasn't, he hasn't seen yeah. the sense. So what what you know? What's the point if you're only gonna like he wasn't even making the bench half the time? So there's no yeah. point. Like just it yeah. is what it is. You know. Yeah. He, he came in. He he, he bailed us out of a hole when we needed depth. But overall, he was he was never at the level. No. Yes, I did not. He's too big and awkward. Uh, you know. It's like somebody <laughs> said about Hardy McGuire. About Hardy McGuire. That every part of his body is 18 inches too big, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, squad player at best, lads, yeah. Um. <laughs> So on to our loan feature now. Um, uh, we have William Saliba on loan at Marseille, uh, Lucas Torreira at Fiorentina, Hector Bellerin at Real Betis, Rhys Nelson at Feyenoord, um, and in this window, uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles at Roma and Fodderham Balogun at um, Middlesbrough. He's on the bench tonight uh, against Blackburn. Um, I suppose... Uh, out of them, lads, um, Eric, who would you like to see coming back out of them, if, if any? Uh, I, I think I think hopefully Saliba comes back, you know, and, and we have a good chance then to move Holding and, and or Chambers on. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that Holding's a good squad player. He, he's he's had some, some decent performances for us and all the rest, but he clearly doesn't have the athleticism um, yeah. As some as our top center backs, you know, um, and I and I think honestly we we need to be in a position where, you know, we can rotate a bit more and and be comfortable with it, you know, because every player is not going to be able to play every minute, and and the more we can be comfortable moving guys around, the the better. Um, I think Balogun will come back. Uh, I I think that there's, uh, you know, he, he's he's a young kid. He's go, going to get experience. Uh, you know, there's a good chance he's on loan again next year. But yeah, but certainly I th- I think you know he he's th- he's not one who's we're going to give up on straight away. I think actually one of the interesting things that's coming out about Marseille is they they, they may have a, a transfer ban, um, which might actually bring Gunduzi back. Now, do I think Gunduzi is going to play for us again? Not necessarily, but uh, it could be interesting to see uh, if yeah. uh, if he actually ends up being sold to to Marseille at the end of the day, or if we have to work out another deal for him. Yeah, I didn't hear actually. Yeah, just uh, I think <laughs> I think Gonzuzi burnt his bridges there, didn't he? With our Ted in the summer, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you never know. He's a fiery character, but so some characteristics is just his attitude kind of stings, you know. Um, aiming out, those oh, players. Yeah. I know you you like. Sorry, go ahead, Eddie. No, I was gonna say yeah. I I don't think he's necessarily gonna play for us again. Uh, for, for the record, yeah. I just think I think there's a chance. I, I think there's a chance that he comes. He has to come back, and we have to work out another deal, depending on what what the terms of that transfer ban are, which yeah. you know may may complicate a few things during the summer. 
you know, who knows? Maybe we'll actually make real money off of them instead of <laughs> a few quid. Yeah, just a few. Yeah, what well, usually happens yeah, in the fire said, so I think, yeah. Amy, <laughs> uh, uh, hey, now with them loans, um, I know you're you're definitely keen on uh, William Saliba coming back. Um, do you see anyone else out there? Um, well, um, uh, but has been sent out on loan to play for us. Not to play for anybody else. He's been sent out on loan to play for us. He's going to be a superstar, that guy. Right? Yeah. That's my prediction on him. He has everything. He's got pace. Um, as Terry Venables has said, he's got feet. He's got feet and an head. Right? <laughs> but he has. He's, he's got great pace. Yeah, he's a, he's a lovely touch. Um, uh, now he's going to be a superstar. We want him back. Um, the one that intrigues me most, Jonathan, is uh, Reese Nelson, because he was a guy that was the best of his generation. Uh, and to me, he always looked like a guy whose body weight was too heavy for what it should be. And I don't think he worked hard enough. And it depends on what you know. Sometimes when you, you play for a club like the Arsenal, and most of our ex-pros, Paul Mercer included, say, it's only when you leave the Arsenal you realise that most moves are downhill. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And a season of fine art for him might just trigger, Jesus, I have to get up and go to work and work hard here. And I think if he did, he'd have a chance. I really do. I think he's. I think. I think he. He has what it takes, ability-wise, to be a top player. Um, but he looked to me. When you see a fella that you think is just a bit, uh, and they're, they're only margins. To me, he looked like a half stone overweight. Um, and if if he knuckled down, uh, I'd be interested to see what he's like come the end of the season. You know, um, because he he has ability. That guy. Um, so Balogun for sure. Saliba for sure. Nelson, maybe, maybe, yeah, you know, because the workload on Bukayo Saka and Martinelli, you just can't, you can't just keep playing them every week and every week and every week, you know. I think Reece, I think there would be room in the squad for Reese Nelson if he worked hard enough. Yeah, I've never seen him, Eamon, um, probably the same as yourself, really. Um, it was a couple of years going to the FA Cup towards round, he scored the winning goal against uh, Leeds United. It was one nil yeah. that night, and he really stood out for me. You know, it was a young team he had out that night, but he really stood out. You know, he's got this fella has this fella's talent, and then after that, uh, he done actually quite well. Actually, I think we played Portsmouth in the next round, I think. Um, and he really stood out in the cup games, but yeah, he's he's a bit of work to do, but definitely. Um, I, I think the, the type of the type of conversation that Amo just had about Reese Nelson is, is basically what defines his career. You know, he went to Hoffenheim. He, he scored a few goals. Uh, I think it was Nagelsmann, who, who was his manager yeah. at the time. And Nagelsmann basically started sitting him down because he wasn't doing enough in training. And, you know, he's he's sort of floated between being a guy who people think can really make it in the first team, but but never did. And, and, and I think, you know, there's loads of players with lots of ability. Uh, but, but the... You know the ability to maintain it, to have have it between your ears, to 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 do it every single day in training as well. It, it separates kind of the best from from guys who who near were nearly there, right? 
so it, it would be great because I, I think Nelson has always had loads of ability and he's looked it right. He has a great first touch, uh, seemed to have a good turn of pace and all the rest. But, um, you know, I, I think he, he must be 20, what, 24 now? 23? He'll be 23 when he comes back to us. Yeah, yeah. That, but I think I think like Maitland Niles at at the point that you're 23 these days, you, you're sort of the player that that you're going to be. Um, I, I'd love to be wrong, but but I I, just, I I don't foresee him coming back to to be an impact. Well, yeah, I, I'd agree with you kind of as a rule of thumb, Eric, right? But the one case that always stands out in my mind is Francis Coquelin had the same accusations leveled at him, and he went to Charlton Athletic and decided. Jesus, my graph is right, and he couldn't make it here. He could I think he was a Hoffenheim as well. You know, Wolfsburg are one of those. You know, and he came back and he had two great seasons for us in the middle of the pitch. Very athletic boy, you know. So I just think that um, Nelson's on last chance saloon. I just it, it intrigues me because there's a lot of talk about Jaden Sancho and all that. Like Nelson was the best of that generation. Right, and with him, it's a question of: Do you want to work hard enough, or do you not? Uh, and I just think that if he came back from fine art, having worked hard, I'd be interested to see what kind of product you have. But on the on the law of averages, you're probably right. You know, <laughs> Fair. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see. Um, I'd like to see, like it depends. For Feyenoord or this season, but look, he's he worth getting back and see how he does again in pre-season, maybe you know. And, yeah, exactly. But, um, there's so many coming. You know, it's definitely worst. Um, he's young and he's hungry, you know. Uh, and he's arsenal. I think he's he's arsenal in his heart, and he's so. Um, we see how that goes. Um, uh, Tender's Hector Bellerin at Betis and Lucas Ferreira. In, in my opinion, I think their days are probably numbered with us now. You know, I think Banner wants to probably stay in Spain. Oh, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. Yeah. They're gone. Do you see early yourself? Do you see them gone? Uh, they're, they're, they're gone. They got, they got loaned because they were leaving. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're done. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think, honestly, like, uh, I think Bellerin will stay with, with Batiste. Um, yeah. I don't know if Torreira will necessarily stay with Fiorentina, but he'll certainly stay in Italy. Um, I, I think they're both. Yeah. They're both it's hard to say. Yeah. Terrell yeah. has no interest yeah. in coming back to England. No. Like he doesn't. No, no, he just didn't settle, day. did he? Yeah. No. And, yeah. And there, exactly. I, there, there is one other lad um, that's a dark horse. Um, he's at my my favourite Scottish team, uh, Hibernian, um, Harry Clark, and I say that because of the. As you say, if you moved on holding in chambers and you had Saliba in, um, they wouldn't give him a permanent move to Hibs. Right. They think that highly no. of him. And he's only 20. So, like, uh, you know, just watch out for him. Right. Yeah. There's another one as well, Eamon. Um, the last couple of games, Len, as a bench, Carl Hyen, is that his name? The, the young goalkeeper, they, they have high hopes for him. Do you think? He's, he, this he, could be he, the end of Burnley. He's a twenty summer. lad, you know. Has he? Yeah. 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 He's a Stonian, isn't he? I think. Yeah, he, he just was under yeah. running today, I believe. Do you think um, that'll be sold lads in the summer? Yes. Right. 
Yeah, you think Leno's gone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because he's a yeah, good goalkeeper so. and he needs to be playing, a, he needs to be a number one. You know, yeah. he's a good goalkeeper. It now. shows how good Ramsdale has shown, though, isn't it? Like, it's amazing what Ramsdale has stepped in. Well, you know, if, if, if he does any more, yesterday's carry on, Leno will be back in the goal. Yeah. Look. <laughs> yeah it's, like, that's, yeah. How, that's how he got his place in the first place. Because yeah. Leno had been having some poor form. And Ramsdale, Ramsdale yesterday was poor, Jonathan. You know, the one that he flapped at, Jesus Christ, in the box. Um, he punched it backwards, you know. The thing is, Ramsdale, he can recover right. quickly, though, Eamon. You yeah. know, he can do, you know, ah, yeah. he can. Yeah. He bounces back very quickly, yeah. But let's... Like, he's my man of the match pretty much every game, you know, so I don't know what he's saying. The, re- the reason... <laughs> the re- Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> the reason Ramsdale is playing... The reason Ramsdale is playing is for his distribution. Correct. Right? It's, it, it's not... It's not because you know he's he's doing so much better in terms of saves or otherwise than uh, than Leno is. It's that he hits a long pass or two every match that makes you go, oh wow, he dropped that on somebody's foot. Uh, you know, he hit Martinelli yeah. a couple times uh, in in that Liverpool match. Um, you know, where uh, with a pinpoint long long pass that that really almost sent us away. So I I, I think that that's that's the major difference is, is that Leno. Leno doesn't play play the passes as bravely and just doesn't doesn't you know doesn't do uh, too much other than kind of basic distribution. Whereas Ramsdale's up there and you know he might make you nervous a few times, but but he he's trying to play play balls into into dangerous spots. Yeah, he's taking a chance with both hands and prayers, honestly. Um, like he played every game for Sheffield United. Uh, last year when they went down, and you don't get me wrong, I'm a yeah, fan. I'm yeah. a fan. I just, I just yeah. thought he was all over the gaff yesterday, you know. Yeah, t- you, look, keepers can have their off day, but you know, he he makes up for it in, in the same game, which like you say from nowhere as well, you know, and that's what I like about him. He doesn't let things get to him, you know, where you could have one stinker of a game. Him and it follows the next game. He he washes that game aside and starts afresh the next one. You know, and there's definitely a future for him there. You know? Totally. You no, know? um, it definitely is an England one as well. I think oh, that's the way Pickford's totally. playing this year. Uh, I, I'm quite amazed, being honest, that's why it's okay constantly Pickford. I, I just don't. I think he's just a mistake waiting to happen. Every you know, he's pretty erratic or something. Pickford, you know, I just he's mad. I don't know. She's yeah, nuts. He's mad. Yeah. He's absolutely <laughs> he's nuts. <laughs> he's, uh, you, you could not. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't put him in an under team. <laughs> <laughs> he's bonkers. There, there you have it, Curtis. Are you listening? <laughs> Ramsdale all the way from the trade pass here. Uh, but it's only a matter of time before Ramsdale gets in. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised come the end of the year. That's with the World Cup. That you'll be seeing Ramsdale in golf in England. You heard the hair force. Absolutely. <laughs> Are we gonna go on? Could go on horribly wrong <laughs> since we put the Mars <laughs> on the last two games. Um, is there any other news you've heard that's in the transfer window or anything else that you'd like to uh, throw out there? No. Well, what about this guy uh, Vladovic? <laughs> <laughs> I I told you that this. <laughs> this this is fun subject matter. <laughs> I know. I I do see him joining this. In the very, very far future. <laughs> yeah. No, look, you never know. You never know. Uh, but probably no. Being realistic, to get Djokovic. 
<laughs> I take Hardy Kane any day. <laughs> I'd edit that out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course, you can uh, watch all Arsenal's games in the River Bar in Dublin City Centre. It's the official um, Arsenal uh, Dublin Supporters Club. Um, have you been there last over the last few games or anything? They like no, to fill sorry, in the list. And is it okay in terms of you know in terms of social distancing? Is that all gone? I don't know. is over. Right. The war is over. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's over yet, but we're getting there. The war is over. Back know. in, back in for the Wolves match anyway. So. Yeah, February tenth, lads. Yeah, Thursday. That is. I'd be yeah. more worried about. I'd be, I'd be more worried about wishing vessels off the off the coast of Cork now than I would about <laughs> always. always. <laughs> and the, no offense to any of our Russian listeners, uh, you know, yeah. I'm just saying, like, you know, your your track record and that type of thing maybe needs examination. You know. <laughs> um, I'm not getting into any political views in this. <laughs> I leave that to the night show and uh, Virgin Media for that. <laughs> um, hopefully they blow the bollocks out and the Emirates and get us fucking with it as well, maybe, <laughs> after yesterday's show. Um, as long as they contain it in Cork. <laughs> they can do what they want there. <laughs> Just don't come here. Body, body Blanchard. <laughs> um, hopefully that Roy King con gets fucking blown away. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's re- there's nothing else that you like to throw out there. <laughs> I always say we've covered pretty much everything from you know COVID to the Russian suppression of Cork to uh, no transfer business. You know, I think we've I think we've we've done the rounds tonight for a dry Monday and a dry January. I think that's been quite a good show. Um, yeah, I'd like to thank my guests, um, as always, for their insights. Into pretty much everything tonight. <laughs> Thanks to Eric Shedwins and Eamon Dundee. Um, you can next catch week's our... show. Next week's <laughs> show was based on existentialist physics. Uh, myself and Eric are going to have a, a you know a good go at that now. I, I don't have that. Them. Uh, we need we need to to explain how we're going to sign Bahamut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, lads, because there's nothing to be fuck out to talk about. Now. No, I. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> on next week's show we're going to uh, do our midterm report on the season um, uh, the talking points from it so far and um, just a look back on it and the highs and lows so it got us through um, at least half an hour Henry, and then <laughs> how did we sign oh, we'll work something up <laughs> we'll brew up a storm that's for sure um, yeah once again thanks to Eamon Donnelly and Eric Shedwins for your uh, <laughs> cut of analysis um, you can catch our show on Spotify and on SoundCloud as always other episodes are there and on the Dublin Arsenal Supporters Club YouTube um, uh, channel as well thanks to Martin Stumble I hope I'm pronouncing that right Hassan of Dublin Supporters Club so thanks to him for doing the graphics and all uh, for, for us as well and the cover art it's re- it's really good martin so thanks very much and we hope to have him on uh hopefully next week he said he hoped to join us as well so uh, we'd have an austrian uh, <laughs> so we're going on multicultural in this show <laughs> no holes barred uh yeah so thanks to thanks for um to the lads and um 
we'll see you all again next Monday. Uh, so have a good weekend. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Jonathan, and uh, good to see you, Eric, and I'll see you at home soon, yeah? All right, see you, lads. Have a good one. <laughs> and bring Deuce and Vlahovic with you. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. Alexander Isaac. <laughs>